Hi, welcome to Cinema Scene, Gardner Webb University Radio, WGWG.org. I am Noel T. Manning II. Uh, we talk movies each week right here on uh, WGWG. Uh, special guest I've got today is someone we've had before, uh, Sally Bloom from the North Carolina Museum of History. Uh, she was on our show, I guess, last summer. Um, we were talking about uh, a lot of the things you had going on celebrating uh, filmmaking in uh, North Carolina. Uh, today, we've got Sally on to talk about the Longleaf Film Festival. Uh, the Is this the second annual Longleaf Film Festival, Sally? That's right, Noel. We um, started Longleaf as a part of Starring North Carolina, our exhibit on the 100-year history of filmmaking in the state. And the film festival is so much fun, and everybody seemed to enjoy it, that we've decided to keep going. So we are getting ready for the second annual film festival, May 13th and 14th. Now, do you have this festival at the same time every year? It's I saw not, the second year, so I guess that's a difficult question to ask. <laughs> no, I no, I actually looked into when film festivals were being held around the state. There are um, lots of really good ones, and I didn't want to compete. I love you know film myself, and I want everybody to be able to go to lots of festivals. So I tried to pick a time that wasn't in use for a film festival. And so here in Raleigh in May, we have a huge event uh, um, the third week of May or the first third weekend of May every year, the Arts Closure. And I didn't really want to compete with that, so I picked uh, an earlier weekend in May. So it's about the same time in May every year. You're right. Well, let's talk about where the idea came from uh, for this and um, and what uh, what behind-the-scenes things had to happen to make the first one happen, and then we can talk about maybe some changes that you've been able to make for the second one. Sure, absolutely. Well, I'm a total festival newbie, but like I said, I was on the team of people at the History Museum who were creating the exhibit called Starring North Carolina that was about the 100-year history of filmmaking in the state. And um, as part of that, I was working on the interactive elements of the exhibit, the hands-on stuff, as well as the programming for it. And Jerry Taylor, who works with me at the museum, we actually write and produce and create films for the museum's YouTube channel and our website. Um, he had participated at festivals as an independent director, and he said, you know, why aren't we having an exhibit about filmmaking if we're not going to have a film festival? And so, you know, that's how most things start, right? You have a naive person right, who right, doesn't right. know what's involved. And I said, okay, we can do that. And I had the backing of the wonderful administration museum, and off we went. And so we started Longleaf uh, Film Festival, um, and it was the first one was held last May while they, it was open, and it was so much fun. After the festival was over, we had evaluations from the judges, the visitors, the volunteers, the staff, administration, the filmmakers, and we put all that together. And it was very clear that they that the community would like us to continue. So um, I started right back up a few weeks after the festival ended and opened for submissions for the, for the second year. And the uh, the name Longleaf, for those who are listening uh, outside of North Carolina, we do have uh, listeners from all over. Uh, tell them a little bit about why the name Longleaf for Longleaf Film Festival. Well, um, Longleaf, uh, the Longleaf Pine is a special tree, not only in North Carolina, but throughout the Southeast. I mean, just a couple hundred years ago, the massive longleaf pine forest covered most of uh, the intercoastal plain of the southeast, uh, millions and millions of acres and, uh, and hundreds of thousand miles. I can't skip me. I'm not really good with numbers. Massive. It was called an ocean of trees, as a matter of fact. And that was the tree that supported the um, naval stores industry that um, helped build um, much of the southeast, and so um, it was so 
prevalent, we didn't really pay attention to its demise, and it was really a lot of the forest was cut down. Um, but there still are some old growth places left, including Weymouth uh, Forest here in North Carolina and other places throughout the southeast. And it is one of our state symbols, and I absolutely adore them. We went and filmed in Weymouth Forest um, a whole film about longleaf uh, trees and a longleaf forest fairy, of all things. Um, and so for me, when we were talking about names, I didn't find another film festival with that name, and I just thought the imagery was terrific, and I, there we go. It was as easy as that. We are on the phone with Sally Bloom, the uh, co-organizer for the Longleaf Film Festival in Raleigh, North Carolina, May 13th and 14th. And so if you're listening to this on May 13th, it's today. And so uh, that's, that's the beauty of, uh, of shows like this. We're able to uh, have them archived and uh, people can listen to them at any time. And if you're listening to it after May 13th or 14th, we'll make plans for next year. So that's that's the deal right there. Uh, website longleaffilmfestival.com is where you can find out all sorts of information uh, about this film festival. Uh, what are some things that you learned, Sally, uh, from that first year that maybe you changed or that helped you better prepare or prepare differently uh, this year? Sure. That's definitely a learning curve. And I'm learning. I just learned this week, as a matter of fact, that, um, you know, for your, your, you've run, you run a film festival that um, after films are submitted and judged and you ask the filmmakers to give you their exhibition versions yes. of their film, yeah. I did not realize that some exhibition versions of the film are longer than the one they submitted to you for judging. Mm. And that really throws a monkey wrench into your timing (laughs) of of your film block. So I have learned to ask people to submit an exhibition copy that is the same length as the copy they submitted for judging. But that's just one small thing. Um, Basically, we learned that people want um, even more films and that filmmakers would like workshops. So this year we've added a workshop and we've added a lunch and learn panel. Um, And... uh, just trying to get the word out more. I guess that's the biggest thing everybody was saying. Our festival is free to attend, which is fairly unusual for a film festival. We're very fortunate that we can do it that way. Um, but we just we want people to come and see these incredible films. So um, marketing and, uh, you know, it can always do a better job organizing, but we, um, we do the best we can. Well, we'll talk about uh, how you're able to allow uh, audience members to come free because that is unusual, and it's a great thing. People are not used to that. They're used to having to pay for, for films and for film festivals uh, to go check these uh, great films out. Well, we are um, a program of the North Carolina Museum of History, which is your museum. It's everybody's museum. It is a state museum, and it is the museum is free and open to the public. And because we have the use of the space of the museum, we were able to save so much money as far as renting screen space. And we have three places in the museum with screens for um, showing films. And so that's the biggest reason we can do this without charging admission. Um, and we do not have lots of bells and whistles. Um, we do try to make it a very uh, welcoming and inviting space. And, you know, with popcorn and candy and T-shirts, all the things you need at film festival and, and uh, selfie opportunities, all those things. Um, but it's because we have this incredible space, and it does belong to everybody, and so that's why we're able to offer it for free. Let's talk about uh, some of the uh, the films and filmmakers. You do have, of course, North Carolina films, and uh, quite a few of those uh, have made it on the list. But talk about the variety of, uh, of different types of films that uh, audiences can check out. Oh, yeah, we do have a, quite a range. We are going to be screening 50 films over a day and a half. 
Um, we start on Friday, May 13th at 3 p.m. with two film blocks. And then on Saturday morning, we start at 11 a.m. and we'll be screening films um, all day until 8.30 p.m. when we have the awards. But films include um, documentaries, narratives, both features and shorts. And we also have a special category of films for high school student filmmakers. And I want to give a shout-out to these high school students because they are frankly amazing. And we hear a lot in the media about the lack of opportunity for women filmmakers. Well, I have to tell you that my high school student films this year, I have four incredible young women and one young man. So that was really neat for me to see um, these young women making films. And as a matter of fact, one of my high school students, um, Morgana McKenzie is her name. She's actually Canadian. She has already made like six films. She wow. is a machine. I don't know when this child sleeps, <laughs> but they are incredible in quality. Her film last year, uh, Gifts, won our top student film prize, and she has another film in the festival this year called Ellie. And our student film category um, is limited to shorts, and so this is a narrative short, and it's just just really, really fun to watch. Yeah, I will echo that. I've, I've had a chance to uh, screen these, a few of these myself, and I was really impressed with the, the high school projects. And there was an animated project that um, that I saw. I think it's showing up in the festival. Um, that was you're also. Talk- I'm sorry. Go ahead. You're talking about one day on Carver Street. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. You know, animated, really an animated documentary, and. It- um, Really incredible um, concept, and to know a student did that, too, that really blew me away. Yeah, um, I'm looking up her name. She's from South Carolina. She's from Conway, South Carolina, and I'll give it a shout-out to Conway because that's my uh, the Causey family's home base, and I am a Causey as well as a Bloom. <laughs> and so it was really neat to see a film uh, from this uh, girl. Her name is Azur, and I cannot remember her last name, but um, one day on Carver Street is a documentary about a place uh, where people used to meet up her music and it kind of transcended the segregation of the time period. And it is animation and she did it herself and yep. she's 15. So, yeah. Azura, yeah. Azura Allen is her last name. I've Thank just pulled you. that up. You're welcome. All right. Uh, but you really um, talk about the variety of films. There are um, some great documentaries, but there's some pretty impressive narrative uh, shorts and some, uh, some features as well. And to me, that's the beauty of a film festival is that, uh, especially if it's one that uh, that really spans the spectrum of the types of films, mm-hmm. uh, like what you've got with Long Leaf, you get a chance to see a lot of different things that you're not going to see in just a documentary-only festival, or even if you go to the theaters, the variety's there, and everything from you know from really short films that are just, just a few minutes long to your feature-length pieces, so... Um, that's one of the things I've always loved about film festivals. Um, what do you get back from the attendees that may come to a film festival the, for the first time, uh, those experiences that, uh, that maybe you heard back from last year? Well, it's, it is really neat because we did have some first-time people um, to film festival, I think because it was in a museum that they were familiar with and because it was free, they came out. And I think they were blown away by the quality on our evaluations. They were thinking, you know, that it was going to be a movie like I Make and My Kids. Right. And, you know, just yeah. the, the really unsteady camera stuff. But no, these are incredibly professionally made independent films. And it just speaks to the still thriving community of filmmakers both here in North Carolina because the majority of our films are North Carolina made. Um, but we do have films from around the world. So they were blown away by that. And 
um, again, the, the age range of the filmmakers, where they're from. We have films from UNC School of the Arts, films from UNC Wilmington, high school films, local people. It's, it's, like you said, the variety is amazing. And the subject matter is really varies. I have everything from a zombie film to the most serious um, documentary and, and, and fun documentaries, too. So just everything in between. Now, you talked a little bit earlier uh, about some of the workshops and some of the other things that are happening. Mm-hmm. Um, aside from the films, talk a little yeah. bit about, about those kind of workshops and um, panel discussions and things that... Uh, that you know that are more than just the films sure absolutely um you know hearing from filmmakers and and attending other festivals and see that they offer these opportunities um we you know the the trouble was balancing adding programs like that because it takes away screen time right because right now we are limiting the festival to friday and saturday and you know we may grow in the future um right after i learn how to live without sleep but yes. for now we're on a friday <laughs> and saturday so um, we did add this really cool workshop that um, the idea for it came from a director I know, um, and he was saying that he is a director. He's never been an actor. He never took acting classes, and he made this horrible statement because I am very close to actors. I have several in my family, and I, I'm coming from a theater tradition, and he said, you know, actors are tools. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Actors are a huge part of the process. And, he, <laughs> and, and, and so we were having this conversation. I said, you need an acting class. So we came up with this workshop. It's called Acting for the Director. And it's with Estes Tarver, who is a wonderful one-man band. He is an actor. Um, he went to UNC School of the Arts. He has professional experience in New York and L.A., TV and films. He's also a theater actor. He has his own stage company. He is a producer. He is a director. Um, he just, you know, has seen it from all sides and he's just a wonderful, lovely person. And so he's going to be running that workshop for us, um, on Saturday, May 14th at 10. And then the other thing I heard from after last year's film make, uh, film festival, a couple of the films we had, um, at the festival, several of them were in, into distribution at the festival. I was talking with Ted Roach, who is the wonderful director of 120 days, um, documentary that won one of our top awards last year just how challenging it was to go through the distribution process and how many experts you need. And, and he was trying to negotiate the education rate so he could continue to show this documentary for free to the public in places where he wanted to get the word out about it and just, just how challenging it was. So understanding that, you know, for many filmmakers, getting to distribution is quite a goal. We decided to have a workshop on that. So we have a lunch-learn panel on May 14th at 1, um, and we've got a couple people there from different viewpoints. We have um, an, an entertainment attorney from Brooks Pierce Law Firm in Wilmington, and he works with the entertainment industry a lot there, and his name is Thomas Varnum, and he's also an intellectual property attorney, and he has worked with filmmakers from beginning to end, so he really has a deep understanding of the filmmaking process. And then we also have a filmmaker, Vernon Rudolph, who understands distribution from the other side, from the filmmaker perspective. And his credits include 30 for 30, Toy, Finn, and he um, is the director of photography at Sky Grass Media. Um, and so those two perspectives together, I think, are going to create a, a pretty cool panel for filmmakers. And something else that you don't see when you go to a typical theater is you don't see the filmmakers there in the audience. That's one of the things uh, with a film festival you will have. 
and uh, I think you probably also have typical opportunities for, for Q&A uh, with those filmmakers uh, either after or before a film. Is that, uh, is that the case? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. We leave uh, time in each film block for anybody associated with the film to come up. It's informal. Um, we, we give out, we have at our check-in table, we just have uh, name badges with the names of films, and if you're associated with the film, you put on that badge, and you can come up at the end of your screening, and all kinds of questions emerge. And, um, yeah, and that's, you know, again, a balancing thing. Sometimes we, you want to keep going on and on, and we're getting ready to start the next film block. So I have really good staff and volunteers to make sure everything uh, runs freely. But then we always have time for the filmmakers out in the lobby of the museum to hang out. We have a room. We have all kinds of um, posters up and, and uh, photo opportunities, and so people can continue to chat with filmmakers uh, throughout the day. We are talking to Sally Bloom from the Longleaf Film Festival uh, that's uh, taking place at the North Carolina Museum of History, uh, May 13th and 14th. This is the second annual Longleaf Film Festival. Uh, she's our guest today here on Cinema Scene on WGWG.org. How do filmmakers find out about your film festival, and uh, how do they uh, how do they submit the films? Well, that is a new story for us this year. You asked about some changes. So last year, in our first year, um, and you probably know this, the standard um, hosting service, online hosting service, for many years for many people is without a box, which is an online uh, submission system. And then there's newer ones as well. And last year, we accepted films from Without a Box, another hosting service, Film Freeway, as well as um, people could submit directly to me at the museum. Well, then I learned that juggling three submission sites was a lot (laughs) for me to handle. Oh, yes. Yeah. So this year, I narrowed it down, and we're just using Film Freeway. And Film Film Freeway puts out the word about our festival. And um, other new things I've started this year is Longley Film Festival has a Facebook page. They have an Instagram, and I'll be starting a Twitter account for Longleaf after the festival this year. I can't take on any more social media at the moment, but for now, we are on Facebook and Instagram and having a lot of fun with that. There's a lot of communities on Facebook, as you know, so we've interacted with filmmakers that way. Um, And, you know, we send out postcards and and make posters, and it's really word of mouth, so um, we're always glad when filmmakers find us, and we're very fortunate to have a lot of submissions. I wish we could screen even more than we are. Um, but I feel really happy with the 50 we're showing. Yeah, and it is difficult to uh, to narrow those down at times because there's so much uh, great talent out there. And, uh, you know, to find uh, when you're having to limit things because of your block of time, sometimes some great films don't actually make it into the festival. That's a tough thing. But, uh, but I think ultimately you do end up with uh, with the best the best of the films. We certainly try, and what we tell people, you know, sending out um, when we have the announcement day, when you find out if you're an official selection or not, that is such a hard day, I know, for the filmmakers, and certainly for me, I can tell you quite honestly that the week before the official selections went out on April 15, I did not sleep very well at all, because I understand how much work and passion and dedication go into making a film, and I just want filmmakers to know that we respect their work. Every film was viewed, and we appreciate what they do. And, and the decision, you know, on official selections is really hard, and it's a combination of factors. And um, so we just hope if they didn't get screened in our festival that other people still get to see them. Well, once you, uh, you send the word out to filmmakers to encourage them to submit films, there's a judging process. Talk a little bit about the judging process and how that works with Longleaf. Right. Well, um, we um, screen everything, 
we have pre-screeners that we screen everything um, ourselves at the museum, and then we um, pass on to our judges, um, of which we are very grateful that you were one of our esteemed judges this year. Our other judges include uh, this for this year, Marcia Gordon, who is a, a professor of film studies at NC State University and the author of many books on film history, and also Craig Lindsay, who is the film critic for the News and Observer here in Raleigh. And so we um, passed on a number of films to the three of you um, and allowed you to watch them and rate them with comments and numbers. And we uh, passed on more than we could screen. And then we took back those comments along with all the films that we had already screened. And we started literally laying out tiny pieces of paper on tables um, with the film, what people thought about it, and the number of minutes it runs. And then we have pieces of paper that represent the screening rooms and the time blocks, and we sit there and we do math. And we try to fit in as many films as we can and create a balanced and exciting program for everybody. And so it's some algebra, it's some calculus, it's some <laughs> throwing things up in the air. Right. It's, um, it's it's a challenge. It's yeah. so hard, you know, because there's so many that'll be right around the same as far as comments and rating. And then you just, you know, and that's when it's really challenging. But fortunately, Jerry Taylor, my co-organizer, is, it can be much more decisive than, than I am sometimes. And so he's very helpful. Um, he's an independent filmmaker himself as well as our multimedia producer at the museum. And so um, he has a good eye. Well, I appreciate the opportunity of uh, being a judge this year, serving as a judge. That was great. Uh, saw some great, great films. And that's something I can say as someone who's seen it. Uh, if you go check out the Longleaf Film Festival, you're going to find some amazing works, some amazing works. I, I was uh, blown away by the variety and just the quality. Um, so, um, so, yeah, c- congrats to all the filmmakers uh, who submitted and, um, and, and those who are uh, going to be uh, selected to to be screened and for those that will uh, end up winning as well. Um, yes. There's a team of people behind the scenes uh, that, that put this together. You've already mentioned a couple. Any other names you want to make sure you, uh, you, you mention? Uh, oh, no, now happen? you're going to ask me to see if I can name all my festival children. Well, and, and if, you, if, you, if I don't want you to miss anybody. But, uh, no, if, no, no. Yeah, and if you just want to say yeah, there's a great team, that's fine too. Well, actually, the team is quite small, and I think that's a story people should know. Um, the museum's uh, staff, we are uh, mighty museum staff. We do uh, a lot with um, probably not as large a staff as people think. The entire museum staff is probably only around 70 people. That's for everything from administration to the wonderful talent that builds the exhibits, that designs them, our graphic people, our educators, our curators, our collections people. Um, we're not huge. And the people that actually work hands-on on Longleaf throughout the year, mostly it's me and Jerry and this year and, and last year, Stephen Evans, who is an editor for the museum. But he, uh, this year, set up our website, and he edits every single word that goes out. If there's a mistake, it's my fault, not Stephen's, I can tell you that. And um, he's just my, my right arm in so many ways. In addition, on Festival Day, the rest of the museum, a lot of the museum staff volunteers to spend their weekend like they do many, many weekends. They just give their time, as well as some of our incredible docents and some other volunteers that are outside of our usual community who have reached out to me because they want to be involved in film festivals, and I'm very grateful for that. So we really have um, a very small hands-on team uh, throughout the year, and then we expand uh, during Festival Week. 
um, that's that's how it works for every program we do at the museum. Now, earlier, Sally, you had mentioned uh, several like screening locations. Talk about um, where these films are exhibited. Give kind of a uh, an overview, a snapshot of, of what these facilities look like when people go into. Sure, watch film. absolutely, absolutely. So, at the museum on our lobby level, um, the museum, by the way, is in downtown Raleigh. Um, and next door to the historic Old Capitol across the street from the General Assembly. And on the other side of us is the Science Museum. We're really in a really neat location right downtown Raleigh. And um, on the lobby level of the museum, we have Daniel's Auditorium. It's a lovely large auditorium with a great giant screen and great sound system. And that room seats about 300 people. And then um, downstairs, um, on our classroom level, we have two classrooms, one of which is called Longleaf, and the other is the Dogwood, Dogwood classroom. And they both have large uh, screens, really nice screening systems. Um, the Longleaf room seats about 100 people, and the Dogwood room seats about 35. And I realize that 35 people is a small space to screen a film, but by using, screen size is great, the room is small, but by using that room, we are able to show about 10 more films. Wow. If we cut okay. that room, we would, you know, we would lose hours of screening time. And so, yeah, that would be six or seven hours of screening time we would cut if we, if we cut that room. So, um, frankly, when I'm scheduling that room, I know people will read the program and they go where they want, but I am concerned about local people who might bring a contingency with them. And so I try to put maybe some of the films that I don't might have as many um, filmmaker friends coming, and I put them in that room so that the general public can be sure to fit in there to see those films. Okay, awesome. Uh, the uh, festival is the Longleaf Film Festival that's going on May 13th and 14th at the North Carolina Museum of History. And that's, uh, once again, what's the location? What is the uh, address? The address of the festival is the North Carolina Museum of History, 5 East Edenton Street in Raleigh, 27601. You can find out about it at ncmuseumofhistory.org or longleaffilmfestival.com. Sally Bloom, our guest today here on Cinema Scene on Gardner-Webb University Radio, wgwg.org, talking about this year's Longleaf Film Festival. Uh, that's the weekend of the 13th and 14th. That's May 13th, 14th. If you're listening to this uh, on uh, Friday night, the 13th, that means, uh, hey, you've still got time to go today and tomorrow. Uh, if you're listening to it earlier, then you've got a little more time to plan. The uh, film festival is in its second year, and uh, you, this doesn't happen without sponsors. I'm going to give you a chance, if you want, uh, to talk about some of those sponsors, or we can just send people to the Longleaf Film, film Festival uh, website to check those out. I'll let you make that decision, Sally. Well, we do have some terrific sponsors, and one of them is the North Carolina Museum of History Associates, who is our friends group, and we're really grateful for them. They sponsor uh, a reception and other parts of the festival. We also have um, our wonderful T-shirt company, uh, Progressive Graphics here in Raleigh, the Boxcar Bar and Arcade, um, which is a local group that let us hold a fundraiser at their location. The Tri Film Society is a group of uh, filmmakers and film fans in Raleigh that come together to promote all aspects of filmmaking. And then one of our filmmakers, um, J.A. Steele, has also just come on board in the last week as a sponsor as well. So we, um, we seek sponsors. Um, we're not a high-end sponsorship thing. You're welcome to participate um, at pretty low, reasonable levels And um, because we realize that um, not everybody has 
tons of money to give, but every little bit helps because, again, we are free to the public, and so we appreciate these sponsors very much. And that's right. This film festival is a free film festival. Anybody who wants to attend can do so. No charge for you at all. Uh, You can check out some amazing films the weekend of 13th and the 14th of May. Uh, Sally Bloom, our guest today, and we really appreciate that. She is the uh, co-organizer of this film festival, and you can find her pretty much... uh, all the time, somewhere related to the North Carolina Museum of History, she's busy, busy, busy. Let me just say that. Uh, I've, I've been really impressed with your work, and I'm glad that you and I got a chance to uh, to meet last summer. And I'm uh, excited uh, that I could be a part of this uh, uh, Longleaf Film Festival as a judge this year, too. Thank you so much for that. Well, thank you, Noel. I'm glad you didn't go running to the hills when I... After meeting you, started asking you all these favors. So. <laughs> no, I, I really did love it, and it was a lot of fun. It was a wonderful time to be able to look at some of these uh, films and uh, just some great talent. I'm just really excited about what people are going to get a chance to see uh, at the yeah, festival this year. Do you have any final thoughts, final comments, things you want to make sure you share with our listeners? Oh, I have to share one of my personal taglines, but I really believe it with all sincerity that um, you may not think you like history, but if you have a passion for anything, you actually do like history because whatever you love, it has a history, and filmmaking is making history. So I am thrilled to share history and film with anybody who will come to Longleaf, and um, I appreciate your time very much. Sally Bloom for the Longleaf Film Festival. You've been listening to Cinema Scene on Gardner-Webb University Radio, WGWG.org. Till next time, that is a wrap.